Blog Talk Radio. but most know me as the Chicken Whisperer, author of The Chicken Whisperer's Guide to Keeping Chickens, author of Chicken Fact or Chicken Poop, national spokesperson for the USDA Biosecurity for Birds program, and editor-in-chief of Chicken Whisperer magazine. Each week I welcome experts in their field to share their knowledge about different topics, including backyard poultry, show poultry, heritage poultry, gardening, cooking, and of course living a self-sufficient lifestyle. Be sure to visit us online at chickenwhisperer.com, where you can follow us on Twitter, become a fan on Facebook, and subscribe to the totally free digital edition of Chicken Whisperer magazine. Once again, I would like to thank all of you for tuning in to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by Kalmbach Feeds. At Kalmbach Feeds, our layer pellets and crumbles are all natural, antibiotic-free, with no animal byproducts. Formulated just for laying hens, our feed is fortified with essential amino acids and calcium to ensure maximum production of nutritious, tasty, strong-shelled eggs. From our family to yours, feed your hens the way nature intended. Pure, wholesome, goodness. Kalmbach Feeds. Find a dealer at kalmbachfeeds.com. That's K-A-L-M-B-A-C-H, feeds.com. Or order your layer pellets and crumples today on amazon.com. Kalmbach Feeds is a proud sponsor of The Chicken Whisperer. Do you provide a heat source for your backyard chickens in the winter? In most cases, it's not necessary. But if you choose to provide a heat source for your backyard chickens, it's imperative to use a safe and effective heat source, and the only one I recommend is the Sweeter Heater. The Sweeter Heater is a safe, completely sealed, washable, non-breakable, energy-efficient, long-lasting, and reliable specific area heater that comes with a three-year warranty. Ditch the dangerous heat lamp this season and invest in the only heater I recommend, the Sweeter Heater. Purchase the Sweeter Heater online at SweeterHeater.com. That's SweeterHeater.com. Sweet PDZ has been keeping horse stalls ammonia-free and healthy for nearly 33 years. However, ammonia is ammonia, regardless of the species producing it. Therefore, it will do the same great job in your chicken coops and brooders. Sweet PDZ safeguards flock health by neutralizing and eliminating harmful levels of ammonia and odors. Safe and effective moisture absorption. All-natural, non-toxic, premium-grade zeolite mineral. Contains no masking scents or chemical perfumes. Safe and beneficial to dispose with waste on compost and gardens. Learn more at SweetPDZ.com. That's SweetPDZ.com. How would you like to sleep in on the weekends without having to get up early to let your chickens out? or not have to rush home after eating dinner to shut your chickens in for the night. And who's had the unfortunate surprise that a raccoon, possum, or fox got to your chickens because you forgot to close the coop? Well, your days of worrying have come to an end. Introducing the Chicken Guard Automatic Chicken Coop Door Opener. Working off either the timer or light sensor, Chicken Guard automatically opens your coop door in the morning to let the girls out and shuts it at night to keep them safe. 
tried and trusted by over 40,000 users worldwide. Buy Chicken Guard online at chickenguardian.com or your local farm and feed store. That's chickenguardian.com. Ideal Poultry has been a family-owned and operated business since 1937. Their business is built on customer service and quality poultry. From rare white and brown egg layers to broilers, ducks, turkeys, and bantams, Ideal Poultry is the largest supplier of backyard poultry in the United States, shipping close to 5 million chicks annually. Visit them online at idealpoultry.com. That's idealpoultry.com. Hey, it's the Chicken Whisperer. If you're in the market for a new incubator, then look no further than GQF. They have a great selection of tabletop and cabinet-style incubators at prices you can afford. I love my GQF Genesis Model 1588. It has a large picture window and an automatic thermostat, which makes for a better hatch every time. Go pick out your new incubator at GQFradio.com. That's GQFradio.com. And the mighty bird against prejudice continues his fight for law and order. So when you hear that cry in the sky, you'll know it's Super Chicken. Hi, I'm country music artist Nathan Osmond, and you're listening to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. Alrighty, thanks for staying with us today on Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by our good friends over at Kalmbach Feeds. Kalmbach Feeds, actually, uh, we just talked with them uh, yesterday. They're going to be sponsoring the contest in the uh, winter issue of Chicken Whisperer magazine, a year uh, supply of uh, Kalmbach feed, uh, one bag per month, and then uh, two of their um, uh, poultry blocks and uh, as well, shipped right to your front door. Uh, wherever you live in the lower 48 states. So um, that's going to be an awesome prize for somebody to win. And that'll be upcoming in our winter issue of Chicken Whisper Magazine. Uh, I was looking at our, and I've already got all the articles assigned, and we'll have five articles uh, in, actually we'll have six or seven, but five of them will be written. Let me tell you, we've got uh, uh, Poultry Veterinarian. We've got Dr. Petiski right before us. We've got a poultry scientist, another poultry scientist, another poultry vet, and another poultry scientist writing for the magazine for the winter issue. So out of, out of the six or seven articles we're going to have, one, of course, is the product review, and then the other five informational educational articles are going to be written by either poultry scientists, poultry veterinarians, poultry epidemiologists, poultry nutritionists, science-based, fact-based, study-based information for you to raise a healthy flock of chickens in your backyard. So um, this, this, this upcoming issue is going to be, uh, let's flash back to the 80s, is going to be the bomb. So, um, it, yeah, it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be the cat's meow. It's going to be the dog's bar. It's going to be, I can't wait till it comes out. we got a great prize for that, and um, uh, you're absolutely going to love it. So, uh, and you can subscribe, chickenwhisperermagazine.com. How cool is that? Okay, um... Another hurricane uh, coming up from the Gulf, and uh, when I talked to Dr. McCray yesterday, she was like, oh, not again. Uh, she's down there in Auburn, Auburn University, and not too far up from the coast, I think maybe three hours from the coast, and so um, it's coming right up through where she's at. It's even going to look like it's going to come right through Atlanta again, where we're at, and I just like the last one that came through, Irma, I think it was, and and wreaked havoc with all the down trees and the power lines, people had power, five, six days. Nothing like, I guess, they got in Florida. But um, it's aggravating. And so when I asked her yesterday, I said, hey, what do you want to talk about today? Uh, what do we want to talk about on the show? And she was right in the middle of it. Well, how about <laughs> hurricane preparedness? And um, I'm like, sounds like a plan. So uh, that's what we're going to be talking about today. The, the show may not run the whole hour. Um, I do have one more commercial break I'll need to go to, probably about uh, 40 after the hour. Um, we'll make sure we get that done. And then, uh, but we may not even last till three o'clock. But um, hurricane preparedness. Some of it may be common sense. Some of it you may, uh, when she shares her information, maybe. Oh yeah, I never really thought about that. So um, interesting things. And uh, when you get tons and tons and tons of water, uh, you also may, may see a lot of insects you don't normally see burrowing insects that burrow down to the ground and burrow into wood logs and other things like that. So that's something to look out for with your chickens as well because we know insects can be a vector for disease. And now you've got all these extra insects that may be carrying disease that you don't normally see that your chickens may not normally have access to. So that's something to think about. Um, 
uh, very interesting. Uh, yesterday I was learning about a spider uh, called a trapdoor spider, I think it was called, and uh, that actually barrows down to the ground and has a little trap door. It kind of almost looks like they cut a little circle out, uh, and then that, they lift that up, and then they burrow down underneath that, and so it looks like there's a little trap door. And they come out. You don't see them very often, but they come out when there's lots of uh, rain, and they get washed out. So a lot of insects that you might see, uh, critters crawling around, uh, that you may not want your chickens to have access to um, because of uh, buckets and buckets of rain that you may get from this by the time it hits, I don't know, um, up this way, tropical uh, storm. Um, and uh, versus a hurricane, and I haven't seen yet if it's going to be a, a cat one, cat two yet when it hits down uh, the coast of Florida. But nonetheless, lots of rain, lots of wind, lots of aggravation, and uh, and and I haven't really talked to the CDC, but opinion on this too, because uh, they always talk about you know don't bring chickens into the house. Uh, but in this instance, you know, um, bad hurricane coming your way. That that might be. Uh, I want. I wonder if the CDC would think that would be an acceptable time or a uh, a time where they might can bend the rules a little bit. I don't want to put words in their mouth, but you know, maybe bring them into the garage, bring them into the carport, uh, bring them into a sunroom, bring them into your uh, uh, mudroom where your washer and dryer are coming in off the the, the carport or the driveway or something like that uh, to keep keep them safe. I don't know. We'll see what Dr. McCray has to say about about that. Maybe uh, into the basement where, you know, where you're not preparing food. You're not having social engagements. And you're not, you know, you've got your doom buggy down there and some weights that you lift and, you know, your man cave and you're bringing the chickens um, for overnight while the, while the winds are bad and, and whatnot, depending on, depending on you. Because those are things to think about. So I'm heading over the phone lines right this second, and we're going to bring on my good friend, poultry scientist and professor, Dr. Richard. Okay. Hey, Doc, thanks for joining us today. Andy, I want to know how you got a dune buggy down in the basement. <laughs> Did you build it down there? Did you ever think you would have to get it out of the basement? Is it going to fit up the stairs? What else you got down there, a jet engine? Come on, let's be practical. That popped, that popped into my head. Well, you know, a lot of basements, if your house is on a slope, and around the back or the side of your house, towards the back, there's a functioning garage door. And then, of course, you have to slide oh, down there. Oh, that kind of, the kind of basement. <laughs> okay, Andy, I get you now. However, yeah, that's not the majority of basements. It'd be like uh, it'd be like assembling, you know. Not. Assembling your Jenga set in your crawl space, you know, like maybe, maybe not. There's <laughs> kind of that, better ways. Back, back in the 80s when you had, you know, that's the bomb. Back in the 80s when you had a doom buggy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got an extra doom buggy in my basement. <laughs> yeah. So like, you can have it if you can get it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here you go. Exactly. Some, some instead of some assembly required, some disassembly required. Yeah. <laughs> well, it does look like there is a storm in our future uh, here in Alabama again. Yay, not. Um, <laughs> looks like it'll hit the coast as a one, maybe a two, but probably a one, category one hurricane. Hey. Now, I just opened it up, weather.com. I'm looking at this infamous cone of uncertainty, and it looks like it shifts to, to the west a little bit, girl. It looks like um, that, oh, that's it, good. Auburn, it looks like Auburn, the city of, may not even be in the cone of uncertainty anymore. Um, so it doesn't change the scope of the show, but that might be good news for you. It looks like this right the smack dab center of the cone of uncertainty Comes it up uh, right in, uh, let's see, Mississippi. I'm well, according right to what I have in front of me, what are you looking at? we're still in there. <laughs> I'm looking at AccuWeather. Okay, cool. Either way, Personally, I've given up on weather.com because that takes forever to load. <laughs> <laughs> so, I yeah, personal pet peeve. Um, so, I, I'm... As part of extension during the last hurricane that came through, um, there was a good post on the extension website about emergency preparation for pets, um, specifically dogs. And so if you want to look at that, maybe you've got a dog to consider as well, cat maybe, 
You can go to uh, www.aces.edu, and there's emergency preparation for dogs, and you can take a look at that. And that's kind of what I'm working off of. And after uh, people stating their experiences from the last storm that rolled through, um, let's talk about your chickens. It doesn't matter how, well, yes, it does matter how many chickens you have as to your strategy. But um, if we're looking at a Sunday hit, um, like we are, um, looks like at some point on Sunday we're going to have rain. End of story, full stop. Um, Probably starting on Saturday. But, you know, first of all, if you've got anybody who's sitting on eggs, or you're thinking about having them sit on eggs, or you're thinking about setting eggs in the incubator, well, are you going to have power? So this might not be the time to, to have to brood chicks or put eggs in the incubator. And what if you do have an incubator that is going and maybe that's when they're due to hatch and you really don't need anything to go wrong with this hatch? What are you going to do? Well, one of the very first things that I did in in my previous job is I talked about some emergency preparedness. And one of the best things you can do is go get a marine deep cell battery, deep cycle battery, sorry, and a inverter. You can get an inverter at, at just about any, um, you know, any supply store, and there's my brother calling me in the middle of the radio show. <laughs> Oops. Um, so you want to hook up the inverter to the marine battery. Um, make sure, you know, the marine battery is fully charged, and that inverter should cover a simple, say, hovabator incubator. That should mm-hmm. cover you for at least 12 hours. And then you'll probably begin to have that inverter alarm on you and um, it's not going to have enough juice to keep going. But uh, if you are are looking to have this storm pass over in that amount of time, that may be just as much time as you need to, you know, if you lose power, you look at the temperature. I wouldn't let it drop more than a degree or two before plugging your incubator into this uh, inverter. You could t- do the same thing with a um, brooder lamp. Uh, however, brooder lamps suck a lot of electricity. You're going to see your power bill change a lot. Um, infrared lights, um, even the white lights, they are very energy expensive and will uh, cause your battery to die much sooner. However, you don't get as much of an energy drain with infrared heat, like say with the uh, with the uh, sweeter heaters or eco glows. So just having that on hand, knowing where it is, even though you're not brooding chicks or it's not winter and you're not hanging it over the perch. But it's nice to know where it is. Go clean it off and um, use that to keep warm that need it during a storm like that. Um, so you can you can keep your chicks warm in a brooder situation. You can uh, plug that into the, the deep cycle battery. And then as soon as your power gets back on, uh, you can use a trickle charger to uh, plug that into your outlet hook it up to your battery, and then get that charge back into your battery for the next time that you need it. And if you just do that right away, as soon as the power gets back on, you hook that right up and then just forget about it. Um, when it's all charged up, you will you can look at it the next day or so and say, okay, done. You go back into storage until I need you in an emergency again. So this works great in uh, locations that lose power that um, maybe are are subject to brownouts, um, power outages due to uh, earthquakes or wildfires. So things for you to consider. 
honestly, uh, to have on hand. Last time I looked at, at uh, deep cell batteries, I think it was Walmart, and I think it was only 25 bucks that I paid for it. And then the inverter was like another 15 to 20 um, the trickle charger was something we had on hand, but uh, you can investigate what that, um, uh, while we're on the air here, Andy, I'll let you investigate how much trickle chargers are, and you can give people some feedback on that. But having that inverter there that has maybe two plugs on it will allow you to plug something else in that you might need, so maybe you've got the whole the whole rig going. You've got the incubator running and you've got the brooder going. Well, you'll have two plugs. Of course, it'll be a little more pull on that battery. It may not last as long. The larger the incubator, the more pull on that battery there will be. So if you've got a sports, Sportsman 1501 and you've got it full of, um, you know, 300 eggs or 200 eggs, um, there's going to be a lot of residual heat in there. Uh, one of the things that you could do is if you know it's going to be bad and you know you're going to lose power, as soon as that power goes out, you close up those vents. And maybe once every two hours or so, you'll open up those vents for for five minutes to let some fresh air in, and then you close it back up. Pull the thermometer towards the front of the incubator, and hopefully you've invested in a in a clear front door you don't have to open your incubator and lose all that heat just to see what the temperature is. You can just set that right near the front. Or maybe you've got a digital thermometer in there uh, so you can actually see what the temperature is. Just leave that in there the entire time and, and just click it every once in a while and see if it drops more than a couple of degrees before you have to plug it in. You could just let it run for for one or two cycles and then unplug it. Um, however, major fluctuations in temperatures for your incubator can be pretty problematic. <clears throat> so these are all things that, you know, we talk about emergency preparedness for dogs and cats, and a lot of those things are similar. But a lot of people don't think about incubation or brooding of chicks. Of course, if you've got mother hen, bring her in. <clears throat> don't let her try to incubate out in the, the wind and the rain because that's, that's the main problem, isn't it? Wind, possible flooding, whether it's from rain or, or rising waters near your property. But the wind is the biggest problem. It wants to uproot things and dislodge things and rearrange things. It's a, it's a mover and shaker. So, of course, before any sort of storm, you walk around your property and you look at what could be moved. Um, maybe maybe you, you have uh, been very conscientious about your biosecurity and you moved all your, your uh, bird houses and bird feeders and bird baths away from your flock. Well, some of those things can still be blown away, and you may have to put those things up. You want to do that after working with your own chickens because, again, uh, bird feeders and bird houses and bird baths are all much dirtier than your own coop and could have some bacteria or viruses on them that could affect your birds. So where are you going to store those things? Don't store them anywhere near your poultry stuff. So that may mean you'll have to use, um, you know, a... Uh, a garden shed or or something that, you know, normally you would just stick it in the garage. Well, if the garage is where your flock is going to go if it gets really bad, then you don't want that anywhere near where your birdhouses and bird feeders and bird baths are, are at. Um, what about what about things that can really startle your your flock? If anything should fly into, block, or damage the coop, what are you going to do? Do you have extra uh, chicken wire on hand to fix things? Uh, do you have, uh, you know, pieces of equipment, gloves, pliers, to do a quick fix um, on something small that could be done during the storm or 
or in the lull of the storm. So where are those pieces of equipment? Of course, it is always good to know that you have enough space or carriers for your coop members uh, should things get bad enough. And I know on the coast, anywhere in that Gulf Coast, someone's going to get hit bad enough that you've got to be thinking, gosh, i got to bring those birds in. I don't know if that coop that I built is going to hack it. Or I got one of those little cheapy coops, and I know that thing's going to blow away. Or you've just got general concerns about the overall welfare of your birds and their stress levels during a high wind and rain event. So what are you going to put them in? You've got to have enough adequate airflow for them. Some people use dog crates or cat crates. That's fine. That's great. It, they usually have enough air hole, um, you know, those wire, those all-around wire dog crates or cat crates. Um, they don't keep shavings in real good. So what you may have to do is affix some sort of plastic to, to the inside, whether you use... Um, Here's a here's a suggestion that people often giggle at. You know all those political signs that everybody sticks in their yard? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, when the uh, voting is over, go grab those out of your neighbor's yard and store a few of them. Because what you can do is poke holes in them, cut them down to size, poke holes in them, and use uh, cable ties to affix those to the... Um, you know, about half of the interior of those total wire cages. And um, it'll keep the shavings in better than if you just tried to put some shavings down, then every time the chicken flaps its wings, well, no more shavings left. So those are things that will also protect their, their feathers a little bit. And you don't know how long your chickens are going to have to be in those containers. It could be a situation where they may be in there overnight, and that's no big deal for them. But if it's overnight and part of the day, they're going to feel cooped up. Are there enough, is there enough space in the container you've given them for them to pay in their five freedoms? So can they stretch their wings and stretch their legs? Can they um, rouse themselves? So that means lift up all their feathers and ruffle all over. Um, can they, uh, you know, dust bathe or perch? So are you going to be able to meet all their needs? And, you know, can they perform normal behaviors without actually hitting any of the bars? So a lot of people, you know, this is an emergency situation. It's fine for the chickens to put up with this for a little while, but if you have to get in the car, if you have to load up and go, you might have to keep them in those cages for a week or more. Do you have enough cage cups? Do you have water on hand for those chickens, for yourself, for your other pets, for your other family members? How much water do you have for them? You know, we we know that chickens drink twice as much water as they do food, so I would definitely have a bag of feed in the car with me. Um, food for the chickens, food for other pets, water for the chickens, water for the other pets. And you can you can box all that up or you can put it all in a plastic container. Um, you know, cardboard boxes work fine. However, uh Cardboard boxes that are like for cats going to the vet are a little bit better than, say, fruit boxes for the larger chickens. Fruit boxes will require like an apple box or an orange box will require the chicken to squat down and stay in a seated position. And when they go to stand up, they're not going to be able to lift their head up necessarily. And so they can feel cramped. Whereas a lot, but not all, a lot of the cat boxes will still allow one chicken to stand up and be just fine. There are um, shipping boxes for chickens that are out there. However, 
I think foam core is terrific to use. Go out to your local sign store and get the thick foam core. Use duct tape to duct tape the corners together, and then across the front, you can put, um, I just like to use straight rat wire. Um, allows adequate airflow, and it tends to keep the shavings in, and it's very light. You can put uh, hand holes in there, and if you've got one board in there, you can usually accommodate three or four chickens, no problem, and it's a very light container. However, you've got to have a lid that affixes securely because the chickens will probably try to hop out of there, so I wouldn't say tape it shut, but I definitely would um, I would definitely have uh, like a tie over the top of it. Some twine ought to do the trick. So foam core that you use, uh, duct tape. Um, you can get foam core in all different kinds of colors. However, if you have white chickens, sometimes when that foam core gets wet, sometimes. Um, even coroplast, the color will rub off on your chicken's feathers. So that's just something to be aware of. Um, so I would stick with white if you have it available to you. Um, coroplast is also something that you can work with. Sometimes companies have excess um, pieces that uh, are you know, oddly shaped or something like that. You can cut those odd bits off and use it for, for this purpose. So coreplast is like corrugated plastic that they use for those plastic uh, yard signs. Foam core is um, a little bit lighter. Prices vary, so start exploring, um, investigating this before you get to Sunday or for wherever you're at um, that this could occur. Of course, Having a bag of fresh feed on hand in a container uh, that has a tight-fitting lid out in the coop or near the coop is key. You've got to have some of that ready to go in the car if you have to bug out. Same with the water and watering containers. Um, other things to consider do you have any photos of your chickens? What if what if in the middle of the night a tree takes out your coop, but, you know, when you go out there in the morning, there's no chicken? They got out. They're in the neighborhood. They're scared. Uh, maybe something chased them. But do you have any pictures of your chickens that you can use to plaster the neighborhood and say, have you seen this chicken? Please return to such and such an address or call this number. Um, it does not hurt at all to think this through. Most of your flock owners, Andy, have anywhere from five to ten chickens. And so mm -hmm. investing in a couple of carriers isn't going to be a big deal for them. Um, they stack nicely. If you've got to put your chickens in, a, in another structure, like say a barn instead of your coop, you may need to think about that. If you want them closer to the house, keep them in the garage. Keep them in, in a, like you said, a mudroom. Someplace where the dust and the detritus and, and their fecal material is going to stay away from any food preparation areas you have. And if the power goes out, that makes handling water and keeping your hands clean just a little more difficult. So you've got to think about that. You only want to have to, to handle those pets or livestock animals maybe maybe twice a day and just know that they're going to have enough food and water to last. Um, I really like cage cups. And so you, it may take some practice for you to find the right size cage cup for whatever carriers and containers you have because you want them up high enough that, the, that it's about breast height for your chickens. Um, and that that way they won't knock them over, hopefully, usually not. So those are some, some things for you to consider in that respect. 
so a lot of people, and I heard this after Irma, they just left their chickens in the coop, and they figure, let them fend for themselves. They had a, a large enough feeder that they had to bug out, but they left their birds behind. And um, some people came back and said, hey, you know, they didn't know that the water had run out. They didn't realize they didn't have a large enough water container. They didn't expect to be gone as long as they were. If you can bring all your your pets with you, then great. If these, are, these aren't your pets, then make sure you have enough water and maybe a water reserve system um, for, like, say, a nipple drinker. You can have a five-gallon bucket there for them to uh, to use, like, say, with the uh, the chicken fountain. And you'll know that if you're gone all week, they'll be fine. Uh, sometimes injuries occur during a storm. Um, someone gets away from you, gets injured, or, you know, move your your little uh, first aid kit for your animals closer to the house so that if somebody's got a problem, you don't have to trek out to, you know, Timbuktu on your property in the wind and the rain just so that you can get, you know, stop bleed. Move that stuff into the house about the same time you move your birds in. And you should be good to go. Um, are any of your animals sick at yep. this time? Oh, Andy? Mm. Nope, I was just agreeing. Go ahead. Did you look up the price of the trickle charger? I did. It varies on the quality. Like if you go to Harbor Freight, you might find one for as cheap as $20, and they go up. I didn't see many over 100 So that the, the, I guess the average or mean price would be, I think, 50 to $60 for one that would probably last you a while. Okay. Well, there you go, folks. Um, if, you have, if you have medication that you have to give your animals, including your chickens, now, this is another reason why we, we are always saying, please avoid illness in your flock, get a diagnosis, and treat it right away. Because, honestly, right now, if you have to deal with a hurricane and a sick chicken and the rest of the flock, that's a lot. That's a lot to ask of yourself. And, <clears throat> you know, we want to make sure that chicken keeping is pleasant and uh, wonderful for everyone. However, um, it might be a situation where you need to keep that sick bird or injured bird separate from the rest of your flock um, if if you have to bring your flock in from the coop. Um, chickens do not float very well. You know, so rising waters are an issue for chickens. Um, they're not real good about it. A lot of chickens don't understand rising water, and they don't react. Um, they may jump down into the water if if you've got water up in the in the uh, coop, and they've been perching all night. But there's there's maybe several inches of water at the bottom of the coop. They're likely to jump down into that and try to to perform some of their normal routines once the day gets started. And you may find that your birds um, get chilled in such a circumstance. Um, chilled birds are a little more stressed and their immune system that might have been able to fight something off um, may not be able to put all that back together again. And so that's something just to really think about. Um, is your coop in the low part of the yard because that's where the shade was? Um, is your coop movable? Is it time to move it? Um, so part of those, those things is, is, you know, chickens don't float. You don't want them to drown and, um, bring them in if that's the alternative. If you have to, um, there are things that are, uh, out there for cats that also work for, for chickens. Um, there are collapsible what I call tents, <laughs> for lack of a better word, 
um, that allow the birds, if you've only got three or four chickens and you don't have a, a wire cage, there are collapsible um, indoor kind of play pens that uh, you can take the bottom out of them, just spread a, a, a tarp down in wherever space you've got and um, unfold the the container the um, collapsible playpen and your chickens will have enough airflow and enough space that they should be able to practice all their normal behaviors however um, it can move around on the tarp if the chickens hit it so what i like to see people do is is put maybe some some blocks or a stack of books at uh, four corners of that so that the chickens, um, if they if they flap really hard and scoot that over, they're just going to, it's going to come up against a, a stack of books and, and really not go any further than that. It'll stay on the tarp and you can put some shavings down and, and it'll actually contain the shavings a lot better than most wire cages dirty enough that you can just pick everything up and plop it in the car. It would require you to to uh, unzip it, grab the birds, load them up into more more rigid structures and go. However, it is collapsible and it is very fast to fold up and unfold respectively. So it's a really good option and you can pay anywhere from like 20 to $35 for that. Where I saw one recently at a reasonable price was Chewy.com. Um, and they come in a variety of colors, of course. Uh, some of them have um, floors that you can leave in. Sometimes <clears throat> sometimes they don't. You'll have, just have to take a look at each individual one. Uh, let's see. If you have to leave... It may be a situation where you you have to start driving to get to uh, a hotel in another state or another city. And what route would you take? Where would you go? Do you have to put in reservations now? Uh, if so, do they take pets? Most chickens are not on the pet list. So you're probably going to have to leave them in the car, all right? So don't get ejected from a hotel or motel just because you tried to sneak in chicken. Um, you're going to leave them in the car. Make sure they've got enough room to stay there however long you're going to, to stay put. And if you're, using, um, if you're using shavings in the bottom of, like, say, cat crates or something like that, um, you know, Kitty litter scoopers are great for just sifting out the manure and leaving the shavings behind. Um, in this instance, I really like sawdust over shavings for that sifting factor um, in tight spaces. Uh, it's not the same as kitty litter, trust me, but still sawdust, you know, it, make sure your chickens have seen it before so they don't, you know, gorge on it. Um, keeping the chicken's spirits up, you can, you know, give them things to, to really entertain them as they spend hours um, maybe with one or two uh, other individuals from their, their coop. Uh, maybe they're individually uh, caged. I don't know. But this might be the time when you want to have a supply of grublies or um, – other things for them to munch on and keep their, their brains active on just affixed to the inside of of their cage so that they have something to do. Um, let's see. Lisa uh, Pedro um, uh, for Christmas Farm down in Florida, she, she just sent me a message because they were in Florida during the big bad uh, Irma, I guess it was. And uh, she said, one unexpected thing we had happen. I made sure we had extra feed here in case the store could not open right away due to power outage and whatnot. And all of my feed cans were full. But we got so much water and flooding uh, um, in the feed shed itself 
that the water seeped into the bottoms of all the feed cans. And so uh. if I would have if if I would have put a plastic garbage bag over the bottoms of all the cans, then that would have not happened and she would not have lost as much feed. Um so so she was sharing oh, that. That's and, awful. Um, and she lost all um of her bags of shavings because of the water and the bales of hay she had. So um, they just had so much flooding at her farm in Florida. So she wanted me to share that with everybody. Yes. Do you have boots that can get you to and from the the coop if you've got a lot of rainfall? Um, you know, it, it's if there's water is an issue depending on different pieces of property. Water is an issue. Taking a, a page out of her book, put stuff up. If you can, if you know it could be a problem, um, if you know that they're saying a storm is going to park over you for a day and leave you with a foot of water, put stuff up if you can. Uh, So, you know, a feed room that is already in the coop probably isn't going to be able to accommodate that. And, and Andy, can you tell me, were her feed containers, were they metal trash cans or plastic trash cans? Or were they were trash um, cans, right? She's listening, so she'll be able to uh, uh, metal cans. There's about eight or eight metal cans, and that's what I had thought. And I'm sure she went with metal to keep, you know, the rodents from chewing through them and things like right. that. And, you know, because we think, oh, if it was a Rubbermaid, you know, 40-gallon trash can, that wouldn't have happened. But then you've got the issue of the rodents chewing right through yeah. the suckers in no time flat. So, you know, that's why we always recommend the metal. But, yeah, seep right through the bottom of the metal uh, oh. metal can. She kept her feet in. Yep. You know, a, a thing also uh, that I had thought about was uh, you can get, in a lot of places, those uh, just pallets. And so you could yeah. put two pallets on That's top exactly of each other. That's exactly what I was going to say. And then put pallets those metal cans on top of you can usually find in the back pallets. of a, um, like some of those big box stores. Sometimes they sell those yeah. pallets back. But when they know a storm's coming and people are asking for pallets and say, hey, I've got some animal feed that I need to get up because I've got a low piece of property, sometimes they'll just give them to you. People can be very generous during periods of storm preparation. And wooden pallets and plastic pallets both work fine for getting that feed hey, up, gotta, up off the ground. i got to take a quick commercial break, but uh, we'll be back and we will continue. And uh, I think I just heard my messenger beep again. And so we'll share any other information that Lisa has from her Fort Christmas farm down in Florida when she dealt with the big um, Hurricane Irma that came right through. Uh, her area. So uh, we're going to go to commercial break. Don't go away, folks. Hopefully you're taking lots of notes. And a reminder, the show will be archived uh, after it ends, so you can go back and take more notes um, and take as many notes as your heart desires. So we'll be back right after this short break from our sponsors. Since 1921, Stromberg's has been a family-owned and operated business providing quality poultry and poultry supplies to their customers. Today, the Stromberg's family offers over 200 different breeds of poultry, including chickens, waterfowl, and game birds. They also offer poultry supplies for both the beginner and experienced poultry keeper. Stromberg should be on the top of your list when it's time to order your new day-old baby chicks and poultry supplies. Order online today at StrombergsChickens.com. That's StrombergsChickens.com. When you need an incubator, think Brincy, the incubation specialists. Brincy has been a world-leading manufacturer of quality incubators for almost 40 years. They manufacture incubators that hold anywhere from 7 to 380 eggs with high-quality electronic and digital controls, including precise humidity controls and programmable egg turning, all at surprisingly affordable prices. Enter the coupon code WHISPER at checkout and receive 10% off your entire order. Order your new incubator today at Brincy.com. That's B-R-I-N-S-E-A.com. Want to protect your hens from the damage caused by an overly affectionate rooster? Nothing protects hens better than the Hen Saver Hen Apron. 
Hen Saver Hen Aprons come in several different sizes to fit both bantam and large fowl hens. They also come in several different styles and colors. Give your hens the protection they deserve by purchasing Hen Saver Hen Aprons today. 100% of all proceeds goes to provide care to rescued animals at Crazy K Farm in Hempstead, Texas. Purchase your Hen Saver Hen Aprons at hensaver.com. That's hensaver.com. Cackle Hatchery is a third-generation, family-owned and operated hatchery. They offer over 193 varieties of poultry shipped directly from their facility in Missouri. It's their mission to enhance your life by providing you with quality poultry for showing, meat, enjoyment, eggs, and pets. They specialize in hatching purebred poultry and shipping day-old chicks right to your local post office since 1936. 4-H and FFA Youth Poultry Clubs get a 10% discount. Check out their website, CackleHatchery.com, for posted weekly specials and discounts. That's CackleHatchery.com. Come back, come back, back. Come back. From our family to yours, feed your chickens the way nature intended. Pure, wholesome goodness. Kalmbach Feeds. Visit our website at kalmbachfeeds.com. That's K-A-L-M-B-A-C-H feeds.com. Or order today on Amazon.com. Kalmbach Feeds is a proud sponsor of the Chicken Whisperer. Alrighty, thank you very much for staying with us today on Backyard Poultry with Chicken Whisperer. And I just noticed, I was looking at some notes here and noticed that um, our guest today is, um, uh, if you're just tuning in, our guest today is uh, poultry scientist Dr. Bridget McRae, and, um, which when I was looking at my notes and the top of the page, you know, who, who's the guest today, then it reminded me that, that, I, that I had to do this. But um, I just wanted to remind everybody that... Um, there are only 80 days, 9 hours, 7 minutes, and 23 seconds until Christmas. Nine hours, five minutes, and 54 seconds. So uh, we've been practicing that a lot here, and uh, they do get better as the season progresses. And so you might have heard a little crackly voices in, 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 in the flock a little bit there. But um, we're, we're starting to rehearse more because we'll have the big concert coming up uh, the third weekend in uh, December. Um, but, but, yeah, so the, the flock cut them a little slack. Um, it's still early in the season. So we're talking about hurricane preparedness and your flock with uh, Dr. McRae. So I'm going to bring her back on. I had to. couldn't resist. <laughs> Thanks, Andy. <laughs> oh, golly. You're incorrigible. Oh, um, 
one of the last things I have to chat with people about is um, just making sure that uh, overall you don't break the bank on this. Think stuff through. Uh, it's not always easy to think of everything that's in your normal routine, but tease it apart and pick it apart and say, can I go without this? Um, how long can I go without this? Or do I really need this? How do I set myself up to take this with me? Can I lift it? Can I do this alone? Am I going to need help? Um, so those are just all the things, you know, that is part of any sort of emergency preparation is, how fast can I change my situation and are my animals going to suffer for it? But that's the moral of the story, Andy. And, of course, Lisa, having just gone through this, um, she's got a lot of great insights and she could probably um, share quite a few more with your listeners and they would benefit from it. Absolutely, yeah. She's she's been there and and done that, and she learned some things. She's you know again thinking, okay, I'm prepared for this, that, and the other, and um, then she had things that didn't didn't hurt. I think in her situation, from reading a couple of other posts, that she just had a heck of a lot more water, standing water, and flooding than she expected she was going to have because she had never had that amount of water ever before at, at her farm, and so that's at the end of the day. Um, her her big lesson, um, and um, she has a separate building for the hatcher where she does a lot of hatching, and then she keeps other birds and things like that. So it's um, yeah, she she definitely learned, she absolutely did. But um, lots of great information shared uh, by you, Doc. We appreciate you coming and on Andy, today. And yes, Andy, but some of your listeners are are really techno minded and. Um, if they can hook up like a, a solar power source to to charge a battery or run an incubator, that sounds like an interesting challenge, something that would be worthy of a contest in the future. Yeah, that would be good. Like I said, um, I know that um, the GQF, some of the GQF, there are at least one, but I think they have it on others, have a particular um, – incubator that you can plug into your car cigarette lighter um, in, in a pinch if you need that um, for, for emergencies. And then, of course, uh, you talked about trickle chargers and the deep marine cycle batteries and, and everything like that to have on hand if you're really into that, that hatching during the during the season. So um, to have on hand, which is, was great information. And uh, but yeah, there are some cellular, um, cellular, um, solar chargers that are that are out there that you can both use those to to recharge the battery. Um, and of course, just provide power to your uh, incubator, especially if it's little wafer thermostats that, that really don't take a whole heck of a lot. So, um, all that's great, great information. Let me see if there's anything else. Let's see. Uh, yep. So I was just seeing if there was anything new over from Lisa, uh, who's tuning in, and we appreciate that. But um, yeah, thanks, Doc, for tuning in today. We appreciate it, and. We will look to have you back on here. Let me look at the calendar around the 19th of uh, October, a couple more weeks. And uh, hunker down and uh, be safe as this comes up through your way. Yeah, if I have any weather, I'll send it your direction, okay? <laughs> it's coming up here anyway. <laughs> so, oh, man. Have All a good right, one. Andy, Take you care. have a good day. Thanks. Bye-bye, uh, Dr. Bridget McCray, Ph.D., joining us today, talking about hurricane preparedness in our flocks and our backyards and a little bit of others. So um, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week. Uh, Dr. Pateski will be here um, next Thursday, 2 p.m., and then the week after that we'll have uh, um, Dr. McCray back, and then uh, we'll have another special guest uh, following that. So um, thanks for tuning in today. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and weekend. And we'll see you back here uh, next Thursday, 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on Blog Talk Radio. God bless everybody.